0: You're listening to The Gay Pro, where we empower gay business professionals from any industry to love who they are and love what they do. I'm your host, Omar Alexis Ochoa. Let's get into it. Today, I want to introduce you to Dion Griffin, He is a young actor, writer and director based in Los Angeles with experience in commercial shoots, as well as in writing and directing productions of his very own. Born in Michigan, Dion came to Los Angeles to pursue a career in film and television, but also works as a model, having posed for fashion brands like Hollister. He is a gay man passionate about empowering others in the LGBT community, but also about elevating discussions on the importance of intersectionality in the film industry and the queer community. Dion, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Mariana, no, thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, so for context, everyone, this has been with a few technical difficulties, a bit of back and forth, but really thankful to have Dion on today. So uh, how's your day going?
1: It's going well. Um, Heck, I was able to sleep in this morning, (laughs) which is pretty kind of rare sometimes, but um, no, it was just nice to relax on Mm -hmm. this mildly depressing day on social media, also known as Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, Valentine's Day, we're spending our time on a, on a podcast interview.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, make moves.
0: Yeah, the hustle, hustle never stops. Mm-hmm. So um, just as some context, you're an actor, a director, a writer. Uh, you've undoubtedly touched so many different productions, whether they're your own or productions of others. So um, I guess the first question I'd want to start with is around acting. Have you always wanted to be an actor?
1: Um, no, actually, it it didn't really come into fruition for me until middle school. But my game plan was always tennis as I started Mm -hmm. when I was three to four years old. Um, My kindergarten had like extracurriculars. You know, when you're a kid, you always do different sports that your parents try to dabble you in. Like I did tennis, uh, swimming, soccer, baseball, basketball, like everything. Uh, totally mask <laughs> the most part, i don't know how good i was i mean i thought i was good at baseball but i guess not i don't know um, but tennis was the one that stuck around for me until um i stopped playing when i was 18 mm-hmm. so i call that retirement because i feel like anything over 10 years you should be able to retire <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh you were you were on track to become a, a tennis star uh what um what shifted your interest
1: um, when I started doing theater, um, it I mean, at first, when I was in middle school, it was a little bit more casual yeah. um, as I was balancing um, the spring musicals with um, all the tennis tournaments I was doing at that time, which was always a huge conflict because the biggest tournament of the year in Michigan is mm-hmm. always in May. Um, and that determines your... Um, eligibility for the Midwest Close, which is played in Indianapolis, which mm-hmm. can determine going back to, there's a higher up tournament and then that determines going to the US Open. So like, okay. that's like the big, the biggest tournament of the year. Um And um at first it was a conflict and my dad was just always... Um, team tennis. He was not <laughs> for a theater at all. Like, if I had to miss rehearsal, I had to do that. Like, there was no ifs ands or buts about it. Um, but it wasn't until my sophomore year no, sorry, junior year in high school. Um, the tennis season had just ended in October. And my theater director, who I was super, super close with in high school, um, he came up to me literally a day after the season had ended. And he's like, So I have a problem and I think you could fix it. I'm like, What's up? And he's just like, so somebody dropped from the show, which the show for that fall was The Addams Family. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just like, and there's a hole in the show. And would you like to be in the show? And mind you, this is on Wednesday. Opening night was that following week on Thursday.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Um, so I reluctantly, I said yes, because I wasn't about to say no in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I attended rehearsal that day and literally learned all my choreography in four hours for that show. Um, so I think with that, it was kind of a trusting and a breeding ground for me as a performer and a dedicated student, um, going forward. And that really, I think enhanced my passion toward everything. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, wow. Um, like this is something that I definitely need to put myself into granted the experience coming before that. Um, but I was just like, no, this is something that I think is meant to be my career now.
0: Huh. So you were fortunate enough to find that out early on, relatively speaking. To a lot of people, that maybe figure things out uh, a little later in their life. So, at which point did you decide to also take on writing and directing? And do you prefer one or the other over acting?
1: Ooh. Um. I started writing. Are probably my freshman year in high school <laughs> it's this mm-hmm. tv drama called gone and i it, it was inspired to me because at that time i always watched tv dramas mm-hmm. um but at that time i was deeply inspired by abc's desperate housewives <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and um uh freeform b- prior to abc family uh pretty little liars so like those oh i love shows,
0: that show just-
1: yes like uh, those two shows wh- like, horrible show back. but i love yeah, it <laughs> I, know. I just kept this going for seven seasons and i'm mm-hmm. just like beautiful but um uh, those shows really had a hold on what i wanted to create
2: mm-hmm. um
1: going forward and i wrote that show probably until i was a senior in high school just kept reshifting it rewriting mm-hmm. it learning more and even when i moved out here um a really good friend of mine, we were going to produce the pilot of it. And I was like, wow, like I can't believe I started writing this basically mm-hmm. almost like six years ago, uh, five years ago. But um, closed the book on that one because it just wasn't the right timing. But yeah. um, in terms of writing versus directing, um, I don't think, well, I love, I love both of them equally, but sometimes I feel like I can't do both of them at the same time, which mm-hmm. is conflicting with the way that um, the modern TV industry works. Because most of the time, the showrunners, exec producers, and writers are all in the same crew, mm-hmm. um, and they do hire directors to come in and out episode by episode, et cetera. Um, but they make all of the calls. They determine like what works, what doesn't, even gotcha. in the moment, especially like if you go to sitcom showings. Um, but it's it's a weird it's a weird complex but i think for me i would prefer writing um it's it's so much more creative to me and i can really establish mm-hmm. the foundation of a show or feature etc i mainly like writing for tv um but for me there's just so much more creative ground yeah. um versus directing because directing sometimes there's that gray area of trying to go with writer's intent mm-hmm. versus your own uh, creativity. So sometimes right. that could be a block.
0: Gotcha. So you've mentioned a couple of productions already. You mentioned one that you wrote, Gone, as well as uh, you know, a production of The Adam Family that you were in uh, very early in your career. What are some of your favorite projects uh, to date that you've either been in or written on or, or worked on otherwise?
1: Ooh, um, so... More recently, what is uh, airing for me right now is an ad campaign for Clean and Clear. Mm -hmm. Um, It's honestly, besides being in The Addams Family, which is my favorite musical to date that I've been in, Mm -hmm. um, the Clean and Clear shoot was very, it was diverse in the sense that it was about it's with me and another girl, we're both very ethnically ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never really been on a shoot or cast in a role that's so celebrated for skin tone, hair type, mm-hmm. um, imperfections. Um, and a lot of that stuff is, are things that I'm very insecure about um, as a creator and, and a performer um, in the industry. So to to be celebrated for that and, and to see myself... On their Instagram, um, <laughs> it's just—it's just, it's just very—it's um, kind of surreal um, mm-hmm. that now this is all like kind of happening for me.
0: It's funny that you mentioned Clean and Clear. I actually work for the parent company of Clean and Clear, so I actually sit right near a lot of the people that probably worked on this shoot.
1: Yeah, but
0: yeah. A lot of the initiatives that they put out are very oriented around real beauty and aspiring towards more of a younger audience and demographic and people that are more in tune with who they are and, you know, loving their skin tone and loving their, their hair and themselves. So I think it's really awesome what they're doing. I don't work on that business myself, but, um, small world that you uh, act later. Yeah.
1: Such a small world out here.
0: Aside from the shoot, that's more in your modeling career, correct? Or, uh, I'm sure many of the lines like blur together, um, in this space. But uh, tell me a bit yeah. about your modeling. I know you've shot for Clean and Clear as well as Hollister and, and other things. What do you enjoy most mm-hmm. about that?
1: Um, I think it's, for me, it's, it's a form of self-expression. Um, like, uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in, also, in addition with being on um, my images used by Hollister Abercrombie, um, mm-hmm. I also have worked for them, the company <laughs> in right. store, since 2015. Um, and in Michigan at that time, I have always been a very like SoCal kid. Like I mm-hmm. knew I was going to move here.
0: Yeah. Um, so even a in Michigan, you were, so, you were a California boy.
1: <laughs> yeah. At heart. And I think, uh, I was fortunate enough to actually get recruited into the store because uh-huh. back in the days of Hollister that people tell like horror stories about, right. um, it, you were recruited in, or sometimes you would apply, get hired in as a model. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a technical position in store as well. Um, but I just loved working in store, the vibe just being so social and, and free. And it kind of, I aligned myself with the brand. Um, and so as I started, uh, doing more shoots and when I moved out here, I was able to thoroughly express myself. Um, into that type of imagery on my Instagram and that's Mm -hmm. essentially like the vibe of my Instagram it's just very endless summer always Mm -hmm. having fun um, vibe
0: gotcha and you mentioned having worked uh, in store and everything Um, I'm sure that also provided uh, a foundation for you to move out to LA and not struggle financially, which is oftentimes one of those things that people face moving out here to pursue their dreams, struggling to reconcile the day job with the auditions and things like that. So how yeah. do you find uh, opportunities for modeling or for acting? Walk me through the process. I myself uh, don't know much about it.
1: Yeah, so um, like you had said, I was fortunate enough to be with the company. And as I moved out here, I was able to transfer stores. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I was able to maintain my day job. Um, as soon as I moved out here, which was June 2016, um, I went straight into film school, where I started dabbling more mm-hmm. into uh, different areas of film versus just uh, performance art, I, I suppose. Um, and then that August slash September, I want to say, I started putting myself more out there on um like backstage and LA casting Mm -hmm. um, at least so I can self-submit for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. Nothing really came back besides like some small um, indies and stuff on backstage, but it wasn't really anything substantial Mm -hmm. at that time where it would pay me enough. So um, I still kept shopping myself around trying to find a way how I can package myself um, and an agent uh, who I'm still rep with by that company, but a different agent now. But mm-hmm. um, with that agency, they reached out to me through my LA casting. They looked at my profile, my resume, headshots, et cetera. and they called me in for a meeting. Um, I went in, and they offered me rep on representation on the spot.
0: So nice.
1: Um, I guess I'm one of the more easier stories in a sense, but mm-hmm. um, but I'm very grateful to have um, to be with that same agency since 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, commercially. Um, So I get most of my breakdowns um, through her, uh, my current agent, and she submits me for both print ad and commercial. Um, Mm. And now I have a talent manager who submits me directly for TV, film, theater. Um, That's pretty much, yeah, so it's pretty much and commercials on his half. So um, most of my jobs and bookings have all come through um, then and things that they uh, spend their time submitting me for.
0: Got it. So through your time working with this agency, what are some of the more interesting people that you've gotten to work with? Anybody that I might know?
1: <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Okay, so I my first commercial that I booked was a Samsung Galaxy commercial that was for mm-hmm. the Emmy. Um and there's this like indie band mm-hmm. and I don't know I don't know who they are, but I knew they were someone, which is the common like LA thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I really yeah. wish I would <laughs> know their names. But we were at completely different, like we were the same fitting, but we had different shoots yeah. or shoot locations gotcha. But I know there was somebody in that commercial. Um but in terms of things that I've been cast in, there's no one notable, but um, as a first AD, um, I have been fortunate enough to work with uh, people such as, uh, let me see, uh, Richard Lawson, who's a major acting coach in mm-hmm. uh, Los Angeles. Uh, who else? Sorry, I'm trying to like remember. Um, What's his name? What's his name? He's from the same movie. Um, one second. I'm just
0: like looking at my notes. Yeah, no worries. I know that working in the film space in Los Angeles, oftentimes if you don't work with the more notable talent chancellor, just run into them. What was your first LA celebrity spotting?
1: That I like flipped out about?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like everyone Uh, that comes to LA has like a Hollywood moment where they, where they run into someone just in the wild.
1: So there's two. Um, back in, back in fall 2016, I was at mm-hmm. pink mall and Kylie Jenner walked past me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's one. Um, and then two, I was walking out of Ralph's near where I live mm-hmm. and, um, Tina Knowles, Beyonce's mom, is literally in her Range Rover and like <laughs> driving in front of me, and wow. that's probably like the two were, because I immediately knew it because I was just like looked to the right, just like let me make sure this car isn't going to hit me, and I looked yeah. like that's Tina. <laughs> I was like, there were a lot of things running through my head in that moment. I was just like, do I perform for her? What do I do? <laughs> like, I was like, I need to meet my mother, Beyonce. Like,
0: yeah.
1: But um, those are the two, like most definitely, that I've been like. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. The only celebrity sightings that I've had since coming to LA, and I'm sure there's there's more. They're just I'm drawing blanks. But the first sighting that I had out in the wild was at a, a photo gallery in Hollywood. It was an artist. His name's Luke Fontana. He photographs a lot of celebrities. Oh, mm-hmm. I so know. I got to yeah. go to one of his galleries, and you know, obviously, he shoots all these celebrities, and he's he's very close friends with them. And it was a little bit of a star-studded event. I got to get in, and I saw. Keegan Allen if you're familiar with him he's from he's from Pretty Little Liars (laughs) and Mm -hmm. at that time I was just binging Pretty Little Liars and watching the entire show so I'm like oh shit like that's Toby right there that was kind of fun Uh, as well as some of the members of Pentatonix the blonde one was there and I didn't actually I didn't actually know who he was until my friend who I was with pointed him out and whispered in my ear oh that's that person I'm like oh cool and then I guess the most notable person that I got to not run into but sort of share the same space with was Adam Lambert. He made an appearance um, very briefly. So yeah, it's it's always fun when you just run into just random celebrities. But you gotta keep it cool, especially if you're a, Yeah if you're living it's in LA. Like
1: a hard thing to like play it with, especially like if you're at the same event as that. Yeah. And it's just like I don't know if I should say anything. Yeah, like, Like, should I
0: mingle? Like, do I mention that they're famous? Because they already know that they're famous.
1: Yeah, like, I was (laughs) at the the 2016 Teen Choice Awards Mm -hmm. sitting on the floor, and in my row was the Fuller House cast. Behind me was the Fosters, and then in front of me was Shadowhunters. Mm. So I was heavily conflicted in that moment. I was just like, I don't know if I should talk to anyone. I mean, but I did. Did you watch the Fosters? I did not. Okay. um, The two main moms, Sherry Som and Mm -hmm. uh, the other mom escapes me, but they sat right behind me. Um, Sherry Som is the sweetest person that I've ever talked to. Mm -hmm. And yes, that gives me faith for humanity, honestly.
0: That's awesome. I definitely need to uh, do some more celebrity spotting on the topic of spotting people do you ever find it weird to spot yourself on an ad or in on a poster or something
1: yeah 100% um with any it hasn't really set in recently for me until clean mm-hmm. and clear but seeing myself in um the Honda I had a Honda Pilot commercial as well as um for the Samsung Galaxy um that are currently out and mm-hmm. It it doesn't to me. It didn't feel like a thorough accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's why I'm maybe not giving myself the praise and um in valuing my work in that way. Yeah. Uh, but whenever I see it, I'm just like, I'm just like. I, I mean, it does shock me because with the clean mm-hmm. and clear thing, I didn't know when it was airing at mm-hmm. all. Same thing with the other two. Um, and I was just scrolling through my Instagram and I was just like, wait a minute. I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it, it did shock me. And I think it, for me, that was a pivotal moment in my career to start loving more of my work and seeing myself because I'm like, this isn't going anywhere. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm in this for the long (laughs) haul, probably to the day that I leave this earth. Like there, I like, I have to learn to start that process for me and yeah I think there was the first and as now like within pilot season and episodic this past fall I've been in for some really fantastic shows mm-hmm. and I've, I've my work has grown I've grown a lot as a person and my tapes have gotten so much better um and there's two tapes now where I'm just me and my management included have agreed that like these mm-hmm. are my best tapes that I've ever seen and I'm just able to watch them and be I guess, moved even by my own performances and Mm -hmm. not in a narcissistic manner, but I'm just starting to learn more of my work and what's working for me versus trying to essentially, I guess, be something that I'm not in a way.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you ever find it difficult to navigate, whether it's film and auditions or modeling, do you ever find it hard to navigate it being an intersectional person yourself, a gay person of color?
1: Yeah, um, it's... It is hard because obviously I don't go in for straight roles, <laughs> mm-hmm. nor do I, I mean, I don't mind, but once you hear me speak, it's not mm-hmm. really believable. As convincing. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: it's not really believable. I tend to go in for characters to either one, their sexuality is not clarified, mm-hmm. um, or two, they are homosexual. Um or three, they are by or just using the umbrella term queer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's usually everything that I'll go in for on that spectrum. Yeah. So
0: sidebar, is that like a typical thing that you see on like, say, like a character profile? Like this character is between the ages of blah, blah, blah. They are gay. They are straight. They are this. Is that mm-hmm. something that gets clarified?
1: Well, actually, it's really funny because they'll clarify if they're gay, but they won't clarify if they're straight.
0: Uh, well, yeah, so, <laughs> I but, I mean,
1: obviously, yeah, but that's usually the, that's just how it is.
0: Yeah. But, um, but yeah,
1: it will be in the breakdown, um, especially if, uh, if they, it entails um, same-sex situations. That's mm-hmm. something that they put in there and nudity um so it means basically like you might be getting down <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh that's something that you have to disclose on tape during your slate yeah um like i'll be like hi my name is dion griffin i'm rep by so-and-so and yes i'm okay with same-sex situations and
2: blah,
1: mm-hmm. blah, blah. Uh, but yeah that's something that will appear in the breakdown um, in terms of their sexuality. Usually they'll keep it all ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when I usually go into the room, it'll be either people that are light skin like me, mm-hmm. or just diverse people. And that's pretty much it. I've never gotcha. really been in a room with of like just white guys,
0: I suppose. Gotcha. And you said that's not usually clarified. It's usually all ethnicities, correct?
1: Yeah, they usually will say all ethnicities unless it has to be specific. Right, uh, like if it's so something
0: historical or...
1: Yeah, um, recently, like, my team was getting me in for a show that is predominantly Black. Mm-hmm. Um. So in the breakdown, it says, like, African American or they'll list like I I'm just classified as ethnically ambiguous. Mm-hmm. I am whatever they want me to be on the day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, like I've been called in for like half Japanese, half black, um, Native American, uh Hispanic, um, Hispanic, Afro Latino, um, mm-hmm. and and all of that sort. So, yeah.
0: Would you say a lot of the decision making is based on how you look and how they perceive you?
1: Yeah, that's honestly how it goes down sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's so strict, especially in the commercial industry. It can come down Mm -hmm. to literally a look, a shade. For the Honda commercial, um, we were an interracial family. And
0: -hmm. the casting
1: was pretty spot on. I looked halfway between um, who played my mom and she was Latina. And mm-hmm. a guy that was black from um, England.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so and all the kit me and my sister in the commercial, she mm-hmm. was also white skinned like me and we looked very similar. So casting was really on spot with that. Um but yeah, it's 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 really weird sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I would imagine. I definitely don't know how it would feel going into What is for all intents and purposes, a job opportunity, having it be really based on how you look versus what you can do. Because ultimately, like acting is one of those very unique industries in that you can be an incredible actor, but if you are not... A truthful representation of, say, a historical figure, you cannot play that role.
1: Yeah, um, the role just isn't for you. Right. And it can really turn you against your own self mm-hmm. sometimes at the end of the day if you really get into your head about it. And that's something that I had to dead stop um, mm-hmm. years ago because it would degrade me in my own self esteem in a way just for to know that, um, like, somebody booked this role over me because they look a specific way. And mm-hmm. then the question is just like, well, why but it, it it's just all subjective and me and a friend of mine were both in for this show mm-hmm. um called deputy that's coming out soon um and we both didn't book and the reason that they didn't book him is because he already looked too similar to um the guy that would be playing the friend in a mm-hmm. sense and so they can't have the same thing in that and like last year i was also in for um, High School Musical, the series that's on Disney Plus right now mm-hmm. for Sebastian. Um, and it's between me and I want to say two to three other guys. Mm-hmm. And super happy for the kid that booked it. Uh, I didn't, I haven't watched the show thoroughly. Um, but I think it was just also a matter of um, diversity reasons mm-hmm. in terms of that casting. That's just my conclusion. Um, and, and yeah, that's honestly what it can come down to at the end of the day. And it's just, you can't really beat yourself up about it. And it's kind of, for me, it's easing in the sense too. It's just like, well, at the end of the day, I did everything that I could in that room. And mm. if they would, don't want to book me, that's on them. You know, I already know there's another project for me out there. So mm. I can just wipe my hands clean and move on. If at the end of the day, if it's just coming down to a book, there's nothing that I can do mm. about that. So I've just kind of right. found that free and ease in that.
0: We've talked about your intersectionality and how that comes into play in the room. I kind of want to expand a little bit on you being a gay person in the film industry. Do you ever get to work on any projects or do any sort of work that more directly benefits the gay community?
1: Yeah, so um, my career as a free the, CD, the last two pro- well. The, the last project that I worked on that completely went through was called from zero to I love you okay. um, who has Richard Lawson and then the kid the guy that stars in it is
0: Daryl Stevens. I don't know if you know of him. Uh, no I'm not familiar with him no
1: okay he's been in a bunch of like LGBTQ films okay. um, and fantastic guy fantastic actor. Um, and that film in its essence is uh, the character that Daryl Stevens, uh, lives in Philadelphia and he has a history of getting involved with um, married men and his parents mm. uh, want him to start settling down, but instead he finds um, a man, Jack, who is white, which is mm. a <laughs> of intersectionality, who is 15 years into a perfect marriage that has, um, he already has two kids in that marriage. And so um, for me working on that film, it, it gave me hope in a way for what the future can hold. Cause this is a film that I honestly wish I could have seen maybe 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, five years ago to know that um, things can work out relationship wise for us. Um, and then after that i worked on uh or in its beginning stages trick two the sequel to the original trick movie directed by jim fall um and in that movie it's uh tori spelling miss coco peruse who's a fabulous drag queen um and then christian campbell um and so um those both of those in culmination i think are um so forward to me um, mm-hmm. in giving my contribution back to the LGBTQ uh, community and just trying to bring so many stories to life. And mm-hmm. I mean, I can't wait for the day that I'm able to play a role where I might be able to move somebody um, in terms of giving them the representation that they deserve, whether mm-hmm. it be Black, mixed, anything on that side of the spectrum, and um, and gay and the whole queer community. Like, I want to be able to give, give someone what I wish I would have been given.
0: Very well said. Thank you. Those were all the questions I had for you, but is there anything that you want to impart to the audience? Some last words.
1: I think if we take things one day at a time, um, it'll help us live more in the moment versus getting so caught up in projects to come and, and, and things that we have to get done. Um, And after I've started practicing gratitude and just really Mm -hmm. coming back to what I'm grateful for and just listing three things, it just brings me back to such a grounded space. And that's the only thing that I would hope for somebody that's really going through something. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just really to look look at your purpose and your reasons for being here. And I think there's so much to explore in that space.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic piece of advice, especially for people who are in your same industry, you know, looking for different opportunities and sort of struggling to find something that either represents them or is something that they're able to pursue and do well in barring everything else that you you mentioned about how the industry operates. And sometimes it's really just down to a look, can really start to feel a little bit hopeless. So having that type of gratitude and focusing on your purpose, I think is a very good way to put it. So you mentioned three things I guess is one last question. what are your, what are your three things that you look to as reasons for your um, your being here?
1: my my best friends they always comfort to me like that's my family. Mm-hmm. family doesn't always have to be blood. Um, my and then first my best friends then I always go through my family um, mm-hmm. which I'm super grateful for I would not be able to live the life that I do in Los Angeles without with my support from them. And then my team, um, people that like my management, my agency, mm-hmm. um, and anyone else that has supported me in any aspect of my career is I'm, I'm super thankful for. Um, and that's, those are the three that I always go through.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Dion. It was excellent having you on the show. I'm, I'm, Thanks I'm so very, much. very thankful to have you on.
1: Thank you. No, thank you so much. I love it.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to check out my website at thegaypro.com for a ton more content. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast to get notified about every new episode. Lastly, please make sure to leave a review as I would love to hear what you think. Let's chat next time.